Will you pray with me? Holy God, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, I rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Welcome to Palm Sunday, y'all. This particular celebration is one that we typically end our Lenten uh, observation with after we have already spent five weeks witnessing Jesus' journey from his time in the wilderness when he was tempted to this particular place. But this year we're starting our Lenten journey here, zooming in a little closer on Jesus' final week to get a closer look at the events that took place leading to his passion and his eventual resurrection. And we're going to do that, we're going to start doing that by literally zooming in just a little closer. I'd like to draw your attention up here um, to this picture here. And then if you can go forward one more slide. I want you to draw a little closer. This is one of the rooftops. Maybe we zoom in just a little bit more closer. Can you go to the next slide? All right. Do you see this guy here in the middle? How might you describe his face or his demeanor? Fearful? Fearful? You think he's happy? Okay. Worried. Worried. Yeah. In the middle. Theo? Yes. Yes. All right. Can you sit down? Because now you're covering up the picture. Make sure he doesn't pull everything down. Perfect. So yeah, he seems a little uncertain, curious, maybe a little standoffish, but he's absolutely interested and he's engaged. Well, I want to share with you his perspective of this entire event. There are a lot of people in the crowd, but sometimes it's helpful to hear someone's particular point of view. So this is Jacob, and here is what he had to say. My cousin dragged me along. I wasn't really sure what was going on, but he said I wouldn't want to miss this parade. Yeah, I've heard about this Jesus guy from Galilee, heard some people talking who had just come to Jerusalem from Capernaum, where this rabbi had been teaching. They were talking about people who were coming from all over to wherever he was hanging out just to hear him. Some people tried to get up close and personal with him because word on the street is that he healed some people, maybe even brought someone back to life. All I know is that the stories are obviously spreading and there's a turnout today of Roman soldiers to check it out. So the authorities must be getting nervous about him. My cousin seems to think that this could be it, our ticket out of this Roman occupation. And he's hoping to see a lot of people marching alongside, and hopefully there will be a display of power from Jesus that will get people to the rally. We got here early to get a good spot. Decided not to be down on the road, but instead stay up on this roof so we can get a good look. I'm just glad to be up here, because if trouble starts... I'm out of here. A little distance is just fine to me. 
Don't get me wrong. I think things need to change. And a lot of us Jews are tired of paying taxes to Caesar, who controls everything through his local lackey, Pilate. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid that things will get stirred up and life will get worse, not better. I'm afraid of being here, actually. What if I become known as a protester, a rabble-rouser? Rabble-rouser. I've seen what they do to their political rivals, to those who dare to question their power, their divine right over all things, all people, all matters of life and death. And then I see Jesus coming. Can you go to the next slide? But he isn't galloping in on a horse girded with a sword. He is riding on in on a donkey. Worship Design Studio created this short fictional narrative to get us thinking about what it might have been like to be present that day. Who was there? What might it have looked like? What was the mood? In some ways, it does look celebratory, doesn't it? With folks cheering and waving flags and palm branches. However, I admit that I haven't always imagined spears and soldiers as part of this parade. Maybe you have. Down here in the bottom right, some of the soldiers even have dogs. No, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Which I don't think are precious pets, by the way. But a means of defense. Should the crowd get out of control. And these folks laying down their cloaks, which look a little bit more like blankets, brings to mind rolling out the red carpet. For a celebrity. Or maybe royalty. To walk upon so that the donkey's feet don't even touch the ground. There are lots of colors, high rises, and people are absolutely everywhere. I've seen on TV what can happen when this many people are gathered together in one place. Riots, looting, eruptions of violence. Well, I mean, that's how the media portrays these gatherings, right? Unfortunately, the sight of armed guards and dogs present during nonviolent non protests like this isn't all that unfamiliar either. You see, up until this point in the story, Jesus has received some pushback, even some threats, but not in the ways that he is going to in the coming days. For the past three years, he had been on the road going town to town with his 12 disciples, preaching, teaching, healing, feeding, and coming alongside folks on the margins throughout the, the region of Galilee. This wasn't an urban cent that wasn't an urban center. It was more rural. He had gained quite a following. But here we feel things shifting a little bit. Things are getting a little more intense. They even feel a little dangerous. So back to this parade. Take, let's take a look at who was there that day. 
There are at least three groups present for this parade that Anne touched on. First, there's the crowd, or those who are cheering and waving palms and laying their clothing on the ground in reverence. These folks were followers of Jesus already. They were Jews that came from Galilee, who lived outside of Jerusalem, the holy city, and they were making their annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. You remember that? The major Jewish holiday, recalling and retelling the story of their ancestors escaping from their lives of slavery to the Egyptians, when God rescued them and eventually led them into the promised land. They have oppressors again, story as old as time, but they keep coming back. Second, the people of the city. These are Jews who actually lived in Jerusalem, but who had yet to encounter Jesus personally. They too were readying themselves to celebrate Passover, and they were a bit confused. What is happening? And third, of course, are the soldiers, keeping people in line and reminding them who was really in control. It was normal for this many people to be gathered in the city during this time of year. Hence, the presence of the soldiers. They were ready, right? But what was not normal was for the fest festivities Festivities to begin with a parade honoring a rabbi and making the claim that he was the Messiah, the deliverer of the people. The Jewish people living inside and out of Jerusalem were a people under Roman occupation. Every part of their lives were under the eye and thumb of foreign oppressors, people who demanded from them, who took from them, and who made it their job to keep order so that they could retain their power and control over them. So while this parade was certainly celebratory, it was also a little confusing. And you can sense this buzzing energy in the street. Our fictional character earlier, uh, Jacob, was, a per was one of those from Jerusalem. And he alluded to these seemingly contradictory responses, like, what is going on? Who is this Jesus? I hear murmurings that he might be the one that we've been hoping for, but could it be? Could this Jesus truly be the one to free us from the Romans? And what if he isn't? What if we're following the wrong guy? And what happens when they get wind of this? They don't like competition. And they certainly aren't going to put up with even a hint of revolution or uprising. But maybe. It sure would be nice if he actually was the Messiah. The rescuer and the deliverer that we've all been waiting for. Our text that Deb read for us today says that the crowds were shouting the praise, Hosanna to God, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest heaven. 
As Anne mentioned earlier, the word Hosanna literally means save us. Even those who were in the crowd that were confused, concerned, or afraid were longing for a savior. Even if they weren't sure that it was this Jesus from Galilee, they were longing for someone to fix this, to heal this, to come in with a strong arm and make this reality right. And while he came in as a humble servant rather than the strong military leader that many were expecting, he did come to heal and make things right. So we've talked about a couple of different folks who are in the crowd. By the way, the tone of this parade, even folks who, who were for Jesus, spoiler alert, are not for Jesus. They thought they might be what they, when things get tough. Well, we'll get there. But I wonder where you might see yourself in this story. Each week of Lent, we will be asking this very question. We have this large, well, this, the medium size frame and the large size frame down here. And we're going to invite you each week to take a picture so that you can picture yourself there. So when you come up and take the pictures, we'll invite you to grab your uh, palms, greens, plants, <laughs> and take a picture. We'll look at these all together later during the season. But we invite you to see yourself. Where would you see yourself here? Whether you see yourself shouting praises and celebrating this Jesus that you know so well, or confused and uncertain about the upheaval that this Jesus seems to bring with him, or maybe you're afraid that following him might make it worse, like our friend Jacob. I imagine that there is a longing within all of us. Take a moment, you can close your eyes if you'd like, to consider what is it that you are longing for? What do you hope God's justice, compassion, and love might touch and make things right? Right?